Welcome to Mummy and Diddy, the podcast where we discuss horror movies featuring children. Because parenting can be scary. And kids are definitely creepy. I'm Mummy. My name is Carol, and I'm a writer, a producer, and this is as close to hell as I ever want to get. I'm Diddy. My name is Josh, and I'm a music publisher, a podcaster, and I'm Billy Wilkins, and I'm 72 years old. We're parents to a seven-year-old we call Woo and a five-year-old we call Boo, and we love horror movies. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at MummyXDaddyPod. And remember to tell a friend about the show or leave us a review wherever you listen. We love to read them, and they help other creeps like you find the show. After everything we've seen... There isn't much that rattles either of us anymore. (laughs) But this one, this one still haunts me. Hi, Carol. Hi. Hi, Josh. How you doing? Uh, So great. So, so, so great because (laughs) it's Spooktober. (laughs) The Spooktober of sequels, we have decided. Yeah, Spooktober 2. Yeah, I think it's October 4 for us. Yeah, it probably is. Or, wow. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I mean, once you're this deep into the sequels, good things start to happen. That's I feel right. Like. Two, two always kind of risky have, little... Yep, some fits and starts. Mm-hmm. But we get into the twos and the threes, you're in good shape. Yeah. <laughs> this is prime territory for squeakwolves. Yes, yes. I am so happy it's October. Me too. Because really? I think I figured out why I like October so much. And it's not just that it's Spooktober and I love Halloween. And I think it actually is my favorite holiday. I know. I know Christmas is everybody's like given. But I think I just like we were buying Halloween decorations and I was just swept up in it you know like that did feel great yeah i think i like the decorations even more i mean christmas is wonderful and everything but like something about buying a spooky decoration yeah christmas is kind of like the wolverine of x-men of holidays you know like it's sort of like everybody gets that one for free as their favorite but then you have to pick another another better one yeah yeah and it can just be halloween yeah and you can also not like christmas that's true that's fair um but uh, there's famous characters who don't. Um, <laughs> but I think this is why. So the the mornings have gotten darker. We you haven't the changed the time yet, which we are doing, you know. Yes, I know. I did have to look it up this year. I, I mean, what a tease this is. We've all voted, at least in California, we voted to stop this madness. But yeah, no, it persists. It persists. Daylight mm-hmm. savings persists. But... So the the clocks haven't changed, but the time, the daylight is shortening. And for me, I cannot feel awake ever, mm-hmm. um, except at night when I'm, <laughs> the kids are in bed and I want to watch a scary movie. But even if I go to bed on time, I'm still dead tired. Ha-ha. And <laughs> <clears throat> it's just, 
I think the Halloween and the spookiness is what's getting me through this time, not only of always being tired and never being able to wake up like energized, Mm -hmm. but also it's sickness time. It's sickness time. And even now in California, or at least so so Cal, the uh it was like fifty degrees this morning and it's gonna be ninety this weekend, and we're just gonna keep doing that yeah. until we're all dead of RSV, I think. Yeah, that's probably that's probably it. Yeah. There's yeah. an RSV thing happening. Of course there is. I am not surprised. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, your kid is home on a nebulizer and steroids and stuff but like you you can like send them back to school i don't know it's like covid there's all these rules but like then there's yeah, all these RSV, other i'm hand foot and mouth regular ass colds cold, the flu. flu yeah it's just funny you should just keep your kids home but you know it's hard to do our kids have been sniffly yeah what are you we've gone do? through i would say probably two like old growth trees worth of tissues <laughs> since school started. Now that is dark. Yeah. That is dark. Yeah. But I think it's accurate. Yeah. Woo in particular. Lot. Yeah. We're trying to get the kids to blow their noses. We finally got rid of our nose Frida a few months ago. We're like, I that's know. done. I know. I feel like we were really uh, late to the game on that. But hey, you know. It's such a good tool. It's hard to say no to it. You yeah. want to keep it. We're, it's done. They're blowing their noses now. Yeah. Thank but they you. also, as all kids want to do, you want to just wipe it. It's so much easier. And it does. I do remember that feeling of it feeling more satisfactory, mm. you know, yeah. that like a, because you can't really blow your nose well. And they also hate it when I hold their nose and stuff, even though, again, it is more effective, but they don't want to do it. This isn't a logic based system. No, no. How are you doing? Josh? Um. I am doing well if we don't count my physical health, yeah, <laughs> uh, or my mental health, I, um, or my social health. No, that's okay. Yeah, I, um, I'm pretty good, and we've been, yeah, just I, I'm also feeling the fall vibes. It's felt very pleasant to have yeah. this cool weather. We had some rainy days. I know weather is a stupid thing to talk about, but it is important because it does set the mood. And also, it's lowered my climate anxiety by a factor of about a billion to not mm. have this be wildfire season. It's this true. This is normally when they're popping up all over the place. We're dealing with air quality issues. Mm-hmm. We're dealing, you know, and yeah. inside days at school, you're going to swim class and it's 100 degrees out and yeah. it's smoky or it gets canceled because of both. It, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, That's good. That's Yeah. It's, yeah, the weird bouts of rain that are completely, you know atypical for los angeles i'm glad i'm glad that's me too happening for me you too and we're um yeah and, and i went to new york for a few days for work mm. that was very pleasant the Good big to, apple went to the big apple instead and just kind of i took a picture of the chrysler building for woo who's obsessed with annie um <laughs> and I'm excited about trying out some spooky movies with them this year beyond Nightmare Before Christmas, like some kid appropriate ones. And been kind of like thinking through that a little bit. If anybody has recommendations, well, actually, this is so funny that you say this. Oh, really? I do want to get back to Spooktober at some point. Well, yeah, because I was going to say that we're I mean, we can say now. I would say now that we're going to do several episodes this month Ah. in honor of Spooktober. Ah. A trio of episodes, so not quite weekly. Can't get that much out of us, but 
We'll have three episodes coming. Do we tell the movies now? Yeah, I've already announced it. You've already announced the, the movies. Socials, yes. Uh, we'll be doing uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Well, that's for the High Holy Day, yes. Yes. And in between, we'll be doing... I've forgotten already. What are we doing? <laughs> Paranormal Activity 3. Paranormal Activity 3. Yes. yes. Okay, awesome. Um, and... It it was hard to pick. There are so many great sequels. Yeah, I almost feel like we could do we could do uh, another run of sequels. We could do sequels till the end of the year. Truly. Because we, we do have so many on the list. But there are just always more being added to our list. Guys, we are going to be doing this podcast forever. Yes. We have no plans to stop. <laughs> Unlike many podcasts recently, I feel like, have been dropping like flies. Interesting. Well, yeah, not us. We're here. Yeah. We're hanging out. Um. So, but the point is, you'll have many opportunities to share your creepy movie favorites with us Mm -hmm. that we can talk about on the show before Halloween starts. Yes. Well, this brings me right to the mailroom. Ooh, we love to go to the mailroom. Often a lot of cobwebs down there. (laughs) Okay, so we actually have two things in our um, mail bin today, Um, and one of them from from Dan in Pittsburgh. Oh, uh, hi, Dan Pittsburgh. Qu- hello. Uh, is a question about just this very thing. Any perspective, advice, recommendations on scary movies for kids, um, especially for kids who are interested in scary things? Um, he said they're taking it slow right now. It's just common sense media recommendations and adaptations of books we've already read, but we need more suggestions. And it's it's funny because I was just on the PTA board zoom meeting and we're trying to decide what movie to watch for the halloween movie night picnic and they um somebody somebody had already suggested nightmare before christmas and as well as a little like pre-show of the the charlie brown great oh yeah pumpkin situation um and then on this meeting, they tried to shoot it down. Somebody was like, I don't know. It's too scary. Bah, bah, bah. And to the rescue, our amazing principal, a principal, really. Oh, truly. Was like, no, we have the beginning movie. If you think Nightmare Before Christmas is too scary, goodbye. That's your cue to leave. Take the littles home. Get yep. out of there. And I have to say, <laughs> since I've seen this movie like 100 times. Yeah. I don't think I'm desensitized. I truly think it is not that scary. It is so silly. It is. And it isn't even that gruesome. I think it is. It's a perfect gateway drug Mm -hmm. movie for the Mm -hmm. kids because it has creepy imagery in it, but it all moves so quickly. You don't really dwell on it, which I also think are the those flashbulb moments you do remember as a kid. But it's not quite as like terrifying as it was in my memory, even. You know, I remember mm. being like, oh, I don't know. Some of these are kind of like gruesome and stuff. It's not. It's, it really just isn't. And mm-hmm. and it's, yeah, it's a really pleasant thing. And so as long as aesthetically they enjoy it, they'll they'll like it. It's, yeah, it, it'll it'll work out great. It's otherwise a very sweet story. And obviously the songs are really fun. And, yeah. um, and it's like 70 minutes, which we love. Yeah. Um, something well, I would like to delve into with the kids. Like I haven't seen corpse bride since it came out but i'm curious to mm. look at the other tim burton animated ones and frank and weenie which they made feature length i believe frank and weenie was a short that he made like before he made anything mm. um 
but it's like black and white right and supposed to be like a callback to like the universal monster movies and the b movies of the 50s and so on so i i mean those seem fun to me but i i'll definitely recommend from our own experience depends how slowly you're taking it but the adams family animated movies were great but those aren't scary no but if they like halloween stuff okay i think super slow good to start with but i think this is all fair game. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for anything with monsters, anything mm-hmm. with uh, supernatural stuff that talks about death and ghosts and there have cobwebs involved. I think that's okay. the, the, the criteria, right? <laughs> um, and, but I, yeah, I would really would love it because I think we need them too. Yeah, I don't really have do. a lot to go off of. We were stuck on Curious George, um, like Halloween Boo Fest or whatever it's called for that's right. like, two or three years they that was as scary as they could get there was like a headless horseman type in it no noggin no noggin Mm -hmm. spoiler no no spoilers um and i yeah i i'm i haven't done things like revisited are you afraid of the dark or things like that that might be available on like a paramount plus right and i feel like there's a new goosebumps series yes that might be too much for it really depends if if you're and i'll put this on instagram when i ask for suggestions but if you could do an age range you know like yes. break it up maybe to a under seven crowd or over seven crowd you know i feel like first that's grade a good is kinda... that's a good breaking point yeah first yeah. grade is your bellwether mm-hmm. i think that's good yeah yeah and maybe yeah especially like age your kid first watched it you know is hel- any context you want to provide is helpful for us because yeah. i do think some people obviously everyone has different watching rules you let your kids watch anything Right. Or do you, are you know, do do they actually kind of control it in terms of they'll tell you when something is way too scary? That's what happens in our house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we also got a really nice message in the mail room. Oh, yeah. This one is uh, from Molly. She says, uh, she says, sorry to criticize already. What? But your problem with this podcast is. It makes me want to be a bad parent and just listen to you guys all day. I'm really loving it so much. The wit and love between you is great and the love and all the insight about parenting and just how real you two are. And it all revolving around horror, the best. So excited for more. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Molly. It was so sweet. Just so, so it warms our cold black hearts, really. Truly. Get messages like that. Um, All right. Enough with the nonsense. <laughs> Should we? <laughs> yeah. Should we get into uh-huh. it? All right. This week, The Conjuring 2 from 2016. Woo's birth year. Wow. Wow. Can you believe we missed it? I can't believe we <laughs> didn't make it to the theaters for this number that year. Yeah. Wow. But I'm not surprised. I, I, you know, I mean, really, I and like, I think, and as we talked about in the Conjuring one episode, I had a lot of love for the first one on a rewatch more than I did at the time. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have been rushing out to see the sequel, um, then, even if you know, with or without children. So, yeah, it's very pleasant to watch it now. Yeah. It came when it needed to. You know, that's <laughs> as the Conjuring does. Uh, well, as Ed and Lorraine do. Oh man, is it our lucky day or what? I gotta tell you, 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I'm excited to, I'm like now kind well, of in on the conjuring verse. What are you excited for? <laughs> well, I have two wonderful recaps to pick from. <gasps> Tell me. Claudio. <gasps> Nick Reginus. Oh, head to head. This is them <laughs> in heat. This is Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. <laughs> tete a tete. Finally, we get to see him. <laughs> but of course, we can't read both. So no. in honor of Saw 10 coming out, I was thinking maybe we should play a game. Ooh. Um, Why do I not have something like that as a drop? Anyway. <laughs> um, okay. I don't actually have a game picked out truly, but oh. how about this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I didn't this? I just make a drop this. for that. Uh-huh. Just Go ahead. <laughs> Um, oh man, I just don't believe this. Okay. Okay, I'm thinking of a number between. Oh, oh my god. Thirteen and six six six. We've been doing this with <laughs> Wu. He likes to do this particularly when he's eating sausage at the breakfast table. Oh god. He'll say, "Is this going to end in a ketchup bite or a plain bite?" And obviously, there's no way to know. And you watch the wheels turning as he changes his answer, depending on who's last. So now we had we basically make him write it down in a sealed envelope. Yes. Not really. But he has to tell one of us. An impartial party. Yeah. Oh, well, you, my God. You know something? Sorry. I did one thing. The Annabelle movie came out before this, didn't it? Uh, there's no way to know. Fair. Okay. Oh. Um, or, yeah, we're not going really anyway in order. It did 2014. Okay. So, but it, that is a little weird too. I think it's a little confusing in the conjuring verse, but I'm happy to be on board. I'm going to celebrate the entire catalog. Okay. So, uh, a number between 13 and 666. Well, it's got to be 34. Uh, it wasn't 34. Okay. So then that means. <laughs> 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 It was uh You've thir- selected tails. Yeah. It was thirty one, so you got really close to to uh-huh, it. Uh-huh. With going over. But you went over. Mm-hmm. So that means mm-hmm. it's Claudio. Yes. Claudio Carvalho. <laughs> we celebrate our international listeners. Anti American sentiments. That from one ended mommy. in ketchup. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Are you ready? Shockingly, it's a long one. Oh brother. All right. In 1977, in London, Mm. Peggy Hodgson has financial difficulties to raise her children, Margaret, Janet, Johnny, and Billy, since her husband has left her to live with a neighbor. (laughs) Well, (laughs) okay. Very in the lead there. Yeah. He had children with the neighbor. They ran out of space. (laughs) Also, like Billy, how did no one connect Billy with Bill Wilkins? That's never connected. Oh, he has the same name? Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Anyway. Uh, Okay. When her daughter Janet sleepwalks and claims to talk to the spirit of an old man, Peggy does not believe in the beginning. But soon she witnesses supernatural phenomena in the house and concludes that Janet is possessed by a demon. Her neighbor and friends call the police and the officers also see the mysterious event. One of them tells the local priest and Ed Warren and his wife Lorraine Warren... (laughs) Oh, are invited to travel to London by the church to team up with the paranormal investigators Maurice Gross and the skeptical Anita Gregory to see, oh my God, this sentence is still going, to see whether it would be a hoax. That's right. My God. Claudio, 
Get a hold of yourself. All right. They witness weird events, but they do not conclude it is true. What is happening in the Hodgson house? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Well, I don't think we would have gotten anything better from Nick Reginus, I have to say. His his also ends in, in, in a question. What's his question? Is the peculiar Hodgson case a genuine haunting or an elaborate hoax? Mm. <laughs> um, love you guys. Love you so much. Um, thanks so much for writing recaps. Um, so I did, I will say that he, he, Claudio brought up one thing that I liked, which is that the, the police, like when it happens in front of the police, I was like, oh, yes, that's cool. Yes. That's pretty cool. Um, so anyway, uh, that's that's the movie. It's you know it's a it's a classic um, haunted kind of haunted house, very similar to Amityville and Con- the Conjuring mm-hmm. one. But it is also based on a true story, just like the Lutz family. And that's I right. have to tell you, Josh. Okay, so I looked up the interview of Janet with Janet and Margaret, the original. Oh, cool, kids, cool. And it is incredible how who they cast as Janet to look just like this girl. Yes. And the, the that whole scene of them on the couch um when they first talked talk to the investigators is incredibly accurate. Wow. And really really cool that they did that. So um I thought it was cool the photos in the credits that they showed how much uh, they how much attention they paid to set design yes. to make it look like the house is very cool. It's so cool. I think that's my favorite part of this franchise is like yeah. And I listened to an interview with um, Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga, mm-hmm. and they were talking about how they um, like before each movie they go and like meet with Lorraine and they just like talk to her and like they're they're very involved in all the real life stuff wow you know which is so cool even if you like believe it or not it's yeah it's really cool it also does make a lot of sense because kind of like when somebody produces their own documentary about their Mm. life like it's clear there are certain parameters around the way ed and lorraine are portrayed Mm -hmm. in these movies Mm -hmm. and like they do always make a point of like showing that they uh love each other mm-hmm. and they're and they're like a little bit playful and there's i just feel like there's certain things that otherwise you know you're it's i'm sure it is like we need to set the record straight if we're going to do this this isn't another yeah. amityville horror yeah um which you know kind of ended in uh you know, ended in like a lot of public scrutiny or, or sort of like, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, they, they got in a lot of hot water publicly Mm -hmm. when it was, when it was sort of revealed to be a hoax, but whereas they don't think it is. Mm -hmm. And so like, I love the, or like the interview scene, the, um, the talk show segment in this, and then they're talking about it off screen, but it is very much like, okay, like you, somebody is at the wheel here kind of determining Mm -hmm. the legacy of, and Lorraine. Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell these actors really just like enjoy it and they like want to be faithful to it. And yeah. it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a interesting um, franchise because it's not, I don't think it's anything like any other James Wan 
thing you know it's nothing like saw it's nothing like um even all the other conjuring movies although i haven't seen the nun yeah yet but um i i feel like it's so much more about a, like a love story mm-hmm. like their love is a, that's a it. focus it of is, it is a, it is front and center yeah. in these movies and i i watched the devil made me do it that i don't know if it's three or four in the series but mm-hmm. um again no way to find out but uh that one is really about their them and their marriage and stuff so um yeah i also really as far as like their portrayal of ed and lorraine i i love how she always gets so rattled by all the (laughs) it's not like she's seeing these these things happen and not reacting she really gets upset by them yes and i i love that because i feel like most medium stories that you see you know are just like they're kind of just a conduit and it passes and they don't even remember or they're just like nerves of steel you know and it's like no this would really fuck you up if you right if you saw all these things in your mind so i yeah i think so and it is kind of funny because ed doesn't react Mm -hmm. almost anything um and but like yeah she's definitely our empath you know Mm -hmm. lorraine lorraine feels Mm -hmm. for sure well he has to be strong you know he's a man so um can i ask yes did this movie scare you um it didn't scare me it didn't creep me i was fine going to bed that night but i it was there were tense moments that i really enjoyed Mm -hmm. and i didn't there were several times where I really didn't know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's funny. I feel like that makes it seem like I'm wa- when I say it didn't scare me, it's like I'm watching it. And I'm just like, eh, whatever. No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm right. very involved in it, but it doesn't. I don't know, especially just the way this one was shot. And I feel like it's kind of a mo- more modern way of filming horror i don't know the camera's doing a lot yes and it doesn't work for me on a scary level i see yes you know mm-hmm. did it scare you i it did i liked all the jump scares in it yeah. especially i was really they were hitting yeah all, really all of them and i think that is something that gets lost in a lot of these sort of like yeah di- digitally shot blumhouse movies that i agree i don't like the aesthetic of and yeah the camera is whipping around a lot of pan and scan stuff as though james wan had only ever seen like vhs copies of widescreen (laughs) movies before and was like i think we just have to do this like this is what people (laughs) look for in movies and like so it's like a lot of just like tracking and stuff that i thought was strange looking and that it did take me out of it at points but the jump scares we're good. Um, besides the fact that I was uh, obsessed with their uh, row house, London townhouse. Which also looks exactly like where this happened. It's incredible. I'm like, wow, you could have four kids. You're in the city. Everybody's got their own bedroom just about. You're like really, you got laundry on site. You know, everything's <laughs> kind of happening. It's all so shitty though. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, a couple of coats of paint. And, you know, it just it would take a lot to get there. Stop smoking in the house. Yes. And And throw out the dead people's furniture. Get your own. Throw out the dead people's furniture. Clean the walls. Now, this is something I think about. because uh, This is a good parenting tip. This is a good parenting tip because 
you know, I'm I'm in between jobs right now, so I have some time to tackle some cleaning things, you know, cleaning the oven, for instance. I haven't done it yet, but it's on the list. And uh, but like you you look mm-hmm. at the walls and you're like, oh, there's some stuff there. I got to clean the walls. And it's not like you do this every month, but the walls in that house were yes. so dirty. And like four kids, I get it. Look, I'm not blaming you, Peggy, but. Yeah, you gotta, she's doing it solo. You could definitely task a kid with a mop and a bucket. But nowadays, mm-hmm. a magic eraser Ugh. will do some wonders, especially if you got white walls or if you don't give a shit like Peggy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, but that goes... And it's a rental, I think, this place, right? Because she's behind on rent? Yeah, probably, yeah. When our story starts? Yeah. Um. Well, but this is also with the set design of the film. It's like everything's so perfectly disgusting you know it's yeah, not no, realistic yes. it's not but it, but it's not like yeah i don't know it's like perfectly it imperfect w- hair or something where you're like i know that took you a long time to get that to look so awful yeah <laughs> yeah and it does feel like, like it's obviously i think it does a good job which seems unique for james wan uh of of getting into your subconscious a little bit yeah like the dark corners mm-hmm. of the rooms that like look evil yeah. you know it's like oh that could maybe there is a shadow moving there maybe there is something coming through the walls maybe there's not is yeah. like um it's something you got to do but it is often overlooked and i think there's a lot of uh and i mean also by the way that's a great chair i understand why you don't throw it out you do keep it. Probably. A man died in that chair. You throw out the chair the man died in. You know he died there. That's true. I didn't okay. know it when I first laid eyes on it and thought about it. You know, <laughs> if somebody's dying in a chair, I'm not going to keep it in yeah, the house. The chair goes. Yep, that's fine. I mean, I agree with you. A, a, or if I knew the person, uh huh, maybe that would be different. I wouldn't be so bothered. I'd be like, oh, that's the chair that that person died in. Like that's that's fine. true. But I don't know this guy. No, it's going out. Yeah, the yeah. Wilkins. R.I.P. We finally can. <laughs> Sorry, spoiler. Yeah. Um, I uh, really like the long montage to let us know it's England and it's 1977. I mean, this movie is like two hours long. That was so unnecessary. It's true. The Clash playing over a montage of like <laughs> oh, of like, England's yeah. history in the 70s, and like, like <laughs> and like over the uh, you know the guards at Buckingham Palace, like yeah. beef eater hats or whatever. That's <laughs> like. <laughs> that was some graffiti indulgent. no future whatever it says yeah. um really funny global we're going global with this thing they it, said in the conjuring too they wove it into like a school ground scene i was like oh that was actually pretty cool how you wove it right in to the scene and this happened several times in the movie where i'm like i wrote i was writing down um you can't do creepy toys unless you do something different. Oh, okay. You're doing something yeah. different. And they like, you know, as That's I was true. writing it and then they have this like little tin, you know, perspective uh, toy basically. So if you spin it, it looks like the guy's walking around. Right. And then the guy comes out of the toy, but like 15 feet tall. And I was like, oh, it's right. And also like comes and gets the whole family like it's not just the kid you know correct um that was creepy oh there was that a crooked was when man. the dog what was it there, there was, was a crooked man yeah that, that thing. Whole thing but it, it's the dog like morphs into the guy that was cool 
Yes. That was when that happened, I'm pretty sure. That's right. Yeah, that was cool. Um, Not in like a Snoop Dogg way. It was like a... (laughs) (laughs) It was like the whole dog morphed into... Yeah. Uh, Yeah, the Crooked Man thing. And it does border on like insidious levels of like kookiness where you're like, why is there another... Mm -hmm like evil presence in the house or like what is this exactly there these always yeah. always are a little bit there's a little it's a little scatter chaotic. shot yeah, yeah where you're just like all right okay that's enough creepy things and too many forms yeah but um two things i feel like the the kookiness of his movies mm-hmm. i think make them a good entry point for younger people into horror like this isn't gonna scar you you know like this movie is not gonna like fuck you up right but but it it, might scur you it might because even like those pictures at the end i was saying this to someone the other day i was like that to me if i was like 12 or 13 Mm -hmm. and watching this that would have sealed the fucking deal for me yeah it would just been like oh my god it really is real like those are the real people in the real pictures and that's brilliant because those are the those are the kids going to movies to see yeah. horror, like scary movies. Absolutely. Um, and the other thing, another um, thing that was like, you're doing this again. It's not new, which was creepy adult art. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah, I couldn't sleep. You get inspired? I don't know if I call it that. I had this crazy dream. Saw this thing. When I woke up, even get out of my head so well, maybe this might help <laughs> hey that's the first time we get an explanation that's the nice thing about having an adult say it, is because adults we can we can voice our inner thoughts and our emotions <laughs> a lot easier than kids can yeah sometimes um strange to me that ed and lorraine again they have a room uh devoted to arcane objects Mm. right um the idea that this particular face which if you haven't watched the movie is the nun okay so Mm -hmm. if you've seen posters for the nun or the nun 2 and you haven't watched those it's the nun Mm -hmm. and the nun is in this movie this is the this is the origin of the nun Mm. and maybe not the origin story but our first appearance i should say and uh he paints the nun and nobody's and and uh, Lorraine has already had her interaction with the nun in the IRL. basement, right? Right when yeah. she was at the Amityville house. Yes, and she says nothing, and he not only says nothing. Now, uh, we didn't talk about best parenting moments yet. We haven't talked about it. We can get to it. I'll can, just can say... I talk about a worst parenting moment? <laughs> well, yeah, but I just want to say okay. like. What I was going to say is like they this creepy adult art, which we have seen before a few times, but in the in our canon of MXD, the turning, there's a woman doing creepy adult art that's at like, the at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yes. But like but then um, I, I liked what they did with this. It was really creepy, like the way he painted it and then like the painting comes to life, but like not in an expected way later on you right. know when she yeah, goes yeah, in yeah. that room so i was like okay yeah you just it just kept being like oh yeah i like what you're doing there you know yeah. like even though i was starting to write it off but um that is true before we get into parenting can i just say mm-hmm. 
there's some Easter eggs in the movie. Is it an Easter movie too? This is kind of a four quadrant one for us in the holiday spectrum. It's hard to choose when it shows up because obviously spooky movie for Spooktober. Yes, but it, it could have been a Christmas movie. Could have been a Christmas. This is truly a Christmas movie, yeah. guys. <laughs> well, I'll post And the, it's an Easter movie. It's got Easter eggs. Yeah. Okay. I'll post the photos, but um, the name Valak is spelled out in several scenes like in oh. the set design yeah yeah look at you mm-hmm. like dan brown oh uh, yeah i i saw it and and noted it for the first time on the internet i this will be i didn't know maybe yeah. you did maybe no. you were you're over there taking notes furiously you're scratching into your notepad like <laughs> she is with her bible in that scene in the bookcase mm-hmm. valak is spelled out in these letters and Fun. then like in the kitchen it's behind them and it's pretty cool. I like that. That's I'm, cool. I'm into that. I never would have noticed. It, yeah. But yeah. maybe subliminally I did. That'd be cool. That'd be, yeah. There were some other things about the movie. Do you want to, but do you want to just move on to parenting? No, no, no. You can talk about other things about the movie. I, I mean, while we're talking about art, we did have, and and kind of firsts, like things you appreciated. I did appreciate that their Ouija board mm-hmm. was homemade. Mm-hmm. We don't often see that. Usually you find it. Yeah. Um. And it's like the Parker Brothers one Mm -hmm. Um, or it's ancient and obviously evil. This one made on the inside of a folded out cereal box. Yeah, I liked that. And I also like that it didn't work. It did work. No, it didn't work. It did work. It never moved. It It never have to. She opened the door. A message. It doesn't. We don't know that that's how she she, we don't know that's how she opened the door. We never see the Ouija board in action. How else would she have opened it? She does all kinds of stuff we don't know about, and maybe she's not that. Maybe she's a bad kid, you know. <laughs> the first, yeah. We don't believe in bad kids, but, but maybe Janet was one. Fuck you, Janet. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would love to do a poll about that. Okay. If we, if people think that it's the Ouija board that opened it, it was like it right may be. Back. But my point is, always in Ouija board they movies, moves. you're they saying move. it didn't move. Yeah. Even when she put it under the bed, I was expecting we're gonna see it move on its own. Under mm-hmm. the bed and spell something out or go yes or no. Mm-hmm. It didn't do shit. Mm-hmm. Also, never do a Ouija board. Too freaky. Yeah, I. I mean, you've done one, haven't you? Obviously. Oh my god! Please, I was a child. <laughs> so was I. I. Just never would have. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, we did. We did. In. That wasn't the most popular thing. The most popular thing at sleepovers was light as a feather, stiff as a board, which I don't know how that works. I'm not a physicist, but people were up in the air and I don't know how. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. Anyway, so. Um, <laughs> okay. And back to the Easter eggs. You wanted to talk about, because you're a music publisher. Mm-hmm. The Elvis song in this movie. Oh, my God. Speaking of things that didn't need to be in the movie, like the London Calling montage. I think, you know, they're obviously flexing a little bit of budget here. You know, they got some big name tunes, but a full length performance by our boy, Ed Newman. Warren. Ed Warren. Uh and just singing no further away than I'm sitting from you now, which, by the way, as a music industry person, I've had people play me their songs mm-hmm. sitting on like a couch across from me. Mm-hmm. It is there's nothing that is more humbling 
humiliating and terrifying. Toe curling in my mind. Truly. The, in that than that moment. It's akin Wicked to, Witch of the East business. Like just, yeah. <laughs> it's akin to bad improv. Oh, yes. But, but it's like up close magic version of bad improv. Yes, except you are <laughs> on stage with them. <laughs> yes. You cannot go anywhere. You can't go out for a beer you or can. walk to the bathroom yeah. or just <laughs> laugh because it's so bad. You just, uh, you just do it. And that is something you could have easily chopped off five minutes of it i should have timed it out to see how how long it actually was but it was too long to be in it and that's also where i'm like okay there's absolutely some human oversight on this because again that was like the moment they really wanted to do to show like we have good christian values we want them to have like family their family is important we had like a third act family is important yeah 20 minutes thing um and again like something that always adds to like the sort of surreal like disjointed nature of these movies i know i get like kind of in the weeds with some of my like uh some of the expositional things or connections i like to see made in movies Hmm. when he shows up with this record and it's like a little bit of american culture for you which i think is obviously a little bit of a joke but that there is no response from patty about like, oh my God, the kids are going to love this. They're going to be obsessed. She kind of just takes it and puts it on. Mm-hmm. Like she specifically is a very thoughtful gift. You know, it is yep. a callback to a very specific conversation they had about the dad took all the records when he left. And he... Rude. Uh, very rude. And that they loved his Elvis collection. Um, here's another weird thing about this performance, though. This is now Christmas, 1977. Mm-hmm. Elvis died on a toilet, famously. Yes. August 16th, 1977. Oh. This, again, is never mentioned in the sort of chronology of this movie, which is very fucking weird. This would have been months before. This has been during the school year that, like, yeah. that, like, why everyone is, uh, like, completely obsessed. I will also say, though, that... um. I don't know why I can never remember um, Patrick Wilson's name, but I just did. Patrick Wilson um, is he does a pretty solid Elvis, though. I thought his his yeah. was pretty like playful in his performance. And so like ultimately I kind of understood why they just kept the whole thing. But it was kind of insane. Um, but it could have been creepy if you like layered something creepy happening. Like, yes, at like the voice is happening over like maybe one of the kids is in the kitchen doing something creepy i don't know yeah it's true it was I just mean, full-on a performance it was just yeah straight performance <laughs> acoustic cover of um fools rush in yeah and okay can i throw two fan theories at you sure okay fan theory, fan theory one elvis is the nun <laughs> Oh my God, Valak! If you rearrange it, spells Elvis. Elvis. <laughs> and he only just showed up. For all we know, oh, Amityville might have been seventy-six. Okay, maybe that doesn't work. Okay, fan theory number two: mm. Elvis is the dad who left. <laughs> he remember, Patty says he took all the music oh. the day he left. left. <laughs> have you thought about that i never did but i think you're right i think fan theory number two is correct okay 
Oh my God. Was he? Oh, by having twins with a neighbor, maybe that was like code for poop because he did die on a toilet. Oh God. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh Uh, God. Wow. Leaving his family of four destitute. Yeah. That's messed up. Also never covered in the Elvis movie. Maybe Priscilla covers it. Okay. Leave it to Sofia Coppola to get dig into this theory. Right. That he had a family in England. Yeah. He was being haunted. Um, (laughs) That is interesting. We'll see. Yeah. yeah, He could have multiple families all over the globe, you know? Yeah. Um, So. (laughs) Okay. um, What did you think (laughs) was the best parenting move of this movie? Um, I I thought that it it came from Lorraine because again, she's meant to shine in this movie as we've discussed. She is. is. This is a propaganda piece. This is the Lorraine show. Yes. Um, I thought that Lorraine talking to Janet on the swing set, just talking hard truths about being haunted. Mm, Yeah. I thought that that was the best parenting moment. Mm -hmm. Just her approach. She's very gentle. Very understanding, very, uh, I, th- I, I also think she did a pretty good job for somebody who is like deep in this of not making a lot of assumptions or even too many leading questions. She obviously had things she was trying to understand, but like let Janet share what she was going to share helped kind of like coax more information out of her and also just, um, but like was just there to accept the information, not make, um, judgments or assumptions mm-hmm. on that. And also that um, Janet got a chance to like, just be like seen as a regular kid and, but also as like the only expert on what's going on with her. And I think Lorraine managed to do something that I struggle with, which was then not um, lecturing or, you know, like giving advice. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, this is what you should do because of that. Right. You know, just right. like, okay, good talk. And that was, you know, yeah. I mean, that's what that's what all this parenting stuff that I've been researching and reading about and really uh, going to town on <laughs> um, going to parenting town. That's yeah. where we are now. Um, but yeah, just listening, validating her feelings. Yeah. Not giving not trying to make her feel better. It's like, no, that that is the situation. That's right. And I've. I've been there before, but this is different yeah. for you because it's your experience. Yeah. 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 That was it. That's what about good. what about for you? you the best You're one? so good at uh looking for the parenting moments in other characters, I feel like. I'm always just thinking about the actual parents. Thank um, you. But as far as Peggy goes, Peggy mom, Peggy, yeah. Peggy. Oh, I've been calling her Patty, I think, all show. Yeah. It's okay. okay. All it's right. Okay. You guys know what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Peggy Patty, Margaret. Peg Bundy. Because <laughs> Peggy's a nickname for Margaret. How is that? How I is don't that possible? Know. I don't know. Where'd that come from? Why is it just accepted? Anyway. Um, so I thought it was cool how she like brought the kids back to the house for Christmas, you know, because they had mm. been like sent away to go live with a neighbor or something while Janet yes. was possessed. And ultimately, you know, she endangers them by doing that. But I think as far as like what the Warren's advice was, was like, you guys have to stick together. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it's going to like feed on that weakness. Yes. 
Um, And I feel like that is really, that's really great. Also reminds me of, um, I was listening to this book on siblings, siblings without rivalry. Mm. Um, And they, you know, the structure of these books is like, it's a um, workshop and they're kind of recording and, condensing everybody's stories and questions and they answer them and stuff so and one of the things about like how do you like how do you get siblings to be friends and stick together and yeah whatever? and one of the one of the people's like well we had a really hard childhood and we had to stick together like we had to you know like oh. through divorce or like financial instability it was like we had no choice and we were the, all we had and and it's like does it have to be that way or or can you can you achieve that without like hardship? And I don't know. I mean, they say, of course, there are ways that that's a whole book is like, you don't, their advice is not to uh, endanger your family or have a divorce or something to bring your your own good. I mean it. (laughs) But, um, I feel like that is kind of like why my siblings are like, we're close is that we had like Mm -hmm. some stuff happen yeah totally so it's like we we really did like turn to each other um and it's not necessarily a bad thing even if it is just like normal fighting where it's like the kids stick together but in this situation it really was like them against and the mom kind of is in within that too they all kind of band together but yeah having a (laughs) having a like outside evil to fight against so important sibling bonding so important you um, know don't haunt your house for this reason <laughs> yeah i'm trying to de desage my house what's the yeah. opposite of that <laughs> oh a ouija board yeah, we what just dark the, material the ouija board yeah okay. yeah okay next craft project <laughs> more process art yeah <laughs> product product art <laughs> Um, uh, no interesting it has to be in order it has to be in alphabetical order <laughs> the yes yeah, and the no go over here yeah, you can't choose maybe or whatever yeah <laughs> vague answers or poop whatever yeah that's definitely our, our kids would want mm-hmm. um yeah totally i um i i liked this little um ed uh sound i've been through so much mm. That's not it. No, this is happening on top. Yeah, the timing isn't a coincidence. Negative entities often feed off emotional distress. They like to kick you when you're down. Well, that hardly seems fair. No, it really isn't. I thought that was very sweet. But I liked, I I thought that that was very kind of like uh, apropos with, you know, that like the, I felt very real. Mm-hmm. And related to those parenting things you're talking about where it's just like, yeah, they're trying to, yeah, they're trying to hurt you and take advantage of that situation. Mm-hmm. So, um, but how like, yeah, they're, they are evil. They're, <laughs> they're inherently evil. You can't get around that. No. It's, it's kind of comes with the territory, you know? Yeah. Um, did you have a worst parenting moment? Yeah. Um, there were two that i thought were okay i have i have a small one and a big one okay the small one was that she lets the kid eat cookies in bed literally first on my list yep that was weird Mm -hmm. that's like i know you're you're struggling you're a single Mm -hmm. mom 
And it was also weird because she was like, we can't afford biscuits. And then she was like, I found these biscuits. The kid's eating biscuits all movie. He's a biscuit fiend. He's like Scooby-Doo. He just can't stop eating them. And <laughs> he's always got to play these crusty ass looking shortbread crackers. Yeah. And he is just, uh, he, he just, he can't get enough. And I mean, that might be. You know, she never leans into it to the point she blames their poverty on his biscuit habit. But <laughs> it is true. Yeah, that yeah. Eating them in bed does feel like a, a line that didn't need to be crossed. Yeah. And then the big one. And he didn't brush his teeth. Certainly. He went straight to bed. He did. And then sure enough, he was thirsty in the middle of the night. Just like she said. Oh boy. Which luckily we have not struggled with. Well, or no, we, I guess we, we do. We saw, give them water bottles. They have we, water bottles in their have, beds all right. the time. I forgot about that. So uh-huh. That was our workaround. Yeah. We're like, you can't get out of bed. You have everything you need right here. That's right. Um, Bedpans. I guess my point being like, they don't get up and like ask us for stuff. Yeah. Trying to, they don't, that's not their stalling tactics. Their stalling tactics are usually like growing pains or something. Mm-hmm. If that's anything. Right. But um, the bigger thing is that, and it's kind of a classic thing why I wanted to bring it up is like, the so janet gets in trouble at school for smoking even though mm-hmm. she didn't she right. was just holding the cigarette um and the the mom finds out about this and as she's confronting janet she's fully just smoking in the house and i get that the joke is like of course you know she learned it from watching you <laughs> and that this is probably very common in people's experiences of like their parents in the 70s is them smoking in the house and then also not letting the kids smoke. Right. Um, sure. But don't smoke in the house. Don't smoke in the house is fully gross. God, I'm so glad. I mean, it, it's crazy how as a society, we still do so many dumb things that are like killing the planet making life worse for everybody but at least we all kind of pretty much stop smoking inside yeah it's very personal very private business now when you see people like with all the windows of their car rolled up mm -hmm. ripping ciggies or know people who smoke indoors yeah it is uh yeah because like then it's just in everything Mm -hmm. forever like that building will never be the same exactly yeah the neighbors can smell it yeah and I guess I should say American society because I think that m- probably in other parts of the world this is still happening. But like, yes, yeah, at least people know it's bad, right? That's something. <laughs> yeah. What was your worst parenting move? Well, my first one I did write down was eating cookies in bed and not brushing the teeth. But my, as I mentioned before, as alluding to it, I gotta say. The worst parenting moment does come from a parent in this movie. And you might not think of this person as a parent. And that's Ed. That is a parent, right. They have a daughter who is mysteriously absent for all of their travels. And she's just apparently alone in the house of horrors. <laughs> God knows. I would just I give me that. Give me the paranormal activity feed of their house while, <laughs> while Ed and Lorraine are globetrotting for the church. Um, but the worst parenting moment is hanging up the nun painting in his own office. Yeah, that was not a great thing. It, you can't be that proud of this piece. Because Lorraine wasn't surprised by the technique. Like he was, you know, as he's, we watch him paint like he's applying 
blush to a mannequin, you know, he's just doing that thing that you see in mm-hmm. movie painting where they just go around in circles. <laughs> and, um, but it, it does create this kind of not quite photorealistic, but certainly like a pretty impressive, like light and shadow. Yeah. Like piece. A charcoal. Yeah. That is so, um, arresting and terrifying. It's just, it's scary, right? There's no, nobody will look at it and be like, Oh, it's, interesting painting mm-hmm. of your you know like whatever your great grandfather was <laughs> like and some kid might look and be like that's a creepy old person who's definitely dead that painting's probably haunted they could extrapolate with this the nun is, ha- is you're in your dad's house there's a picture of your of my grandfather of yeah grandfather. he has a painting the kid's great grandfather but they still talk about it this is happening actively in our in our family oh, yeah i mean the kids we, are talking about this portrait of an old man and my dad has one of a great aunt, but like those were, and that's what I mean. I'm mm-hmm. picturing these old oil paintings, you know, mm-hmm. and they're, they're interesting. And like, yeah, if you caught them in weird light or something, they might creep you out. Or if you're not used to that sort of thing, mm-hmm. this is again, he's in a wood paneled office. His daughter freely roams the house. This is not the off limits horror room. And the only thing on the walls now, he's not hung up anything else because wood paneling, I don't think you do that that often. You're not putting nails in there. He's hung up this this painting. And again, nobody said anything. It's obviously creepy. It should be scary to anybody who looks at it. It came from his own nightmares and it now uh, haunts his space. And I think that's bad parenting. Okay. But see, I also blame Lorraine for this oh all right yeah sure i blame lorraine for not communicating to him like hey i saw that nun and i also saw how you die (laughs) yeah but like she doesn't have to get into it she could just be like you know what that about it that's like a that's a creepy thing to me i don't want to really get into it but like could you just like set it on fire or something because i don't want to see it like good that you got it out of your system and like great Mm -hmm great charcoal work but please put it in the horror room yes Lock exactly exactly because that yeah. might be a door but i think it's her fault I, I i would say it's their it's bad parenting on both of their accounts that's true you know don't keep secrets lorraine did you really think that was going to work out great for you no are you surprised that lorraine brought her varic bible with Valak. her valic bible because that shit must have been ruined i mean it was shredded to bits also yeah. it's a strange piece to bring with her and do you think they have like several bibles that are also just like shredded to bits with different demon names yeah (laughs) and also like how ed warren gives his rosary to janet yeah at the end um in the ambulance and i was just like you know he's got a box full of those he gives a kiss (laughs) (laughs) would have been amazing if he was immediately taken out like then he gets a big spike (laughs) through his chest um somehow he like whoa out the window yeah i mean because he's like 40 he's not like an old man he still needs he's and he's in the shit he needs the protection i know it was a strange strange move i know especially because she's also through it like why does she need that yeah her demon is gone so one of the big um, parenting things that we wanted to talk about with this, mm-hmm. something really hit a chord with us. Yes. Struck a, a minor chord with us. Um, <laughs> was mercy. <laughs> uh, um, it, and yo. that is like all like the punishment and lying part 
parts of the film. Yeah, so we can start off with the question of whether to punish or not. Here's a clip. Pushing the boundary, innit? She said she wasn't smoking. I don't think she'd agonise over it, Peg. God knows I had my share of fags at school, do you? Oh, lots. But it's not what she did that bothers me. It's a, she don't listen to what I say anymore, Pegs. Just a phase, innit? I mean, I can punish her, but then I feel guilty because I know it's not really her fault. She loves her, Dad. And she took it very hard when he left, poor thing. But I can't just let it go, either, can I? I'm loath to ask, what have you told Richard about it? I would, if I ever saw him. <sighs> Sod. Now it's like I'm having to do both jobs, and half the mum I was before, I'm just... rubbish, Peggy. You are not, Peggy. Too hard on yourself. Great work by the neighbors in this movie. The actors, character actors doing the neighbor work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Incredible. Yeah. Um... But yeah, good scene, good advice from yeah. the neighbor, just reinforcing you're not a bad mother for struggling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though you're having a hard time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So this was this was really funny to us because we had just had the situation happen with Boo mm-hmm. where... I went to go pick him up from aftercare and the lovely aftercare, like head person the head teacher yes starts talking to me kind of like as though i already knew what she was saying so i had to really backtrack yes she was like you know the kid these kids are like throwing wet paper paper towels and toilet paper at the ceiling and it's sticking and then it's falling and it's slippery and and i was like i was like oh one of my kids yeah. <laughs> and she's like yeah and i'm like oh woo and she's like no I mean, they using yeah. her real their real names, obviously, but like, um, no, young Boo, kindergartner, was one of four children in the bathroom doing this classic, classic thing, classic right? gross thing, classic gross thing, but like truly, the first thing you think of to do when you're a little uh-huh. kid in a bathroom and you want to like just be naughty, yeah. And um, I I was kind of surprised because Boo is such a little rule follower and gets so on other people when they are breaking the rules. But he does have this like chaos streak and he does tend to befriend like the chaotic kid. So I'm sure this was all happening because he was like intrigued. Oh, yeah. Um, But the teacher was so sweet. She was like, look. Just talk to them. I don't want to get the school involved. It'll become a whole thing. Like, just talk to them about it. And, mm-hmm. and um, I thought that was just so sweet because it's true. Like, they probably would have gotten in trouble or something. There would have been consequences or yeah, something. Yeah, they would all have to go to the principal's office at the very least or whatever <clears throat> that'd be, you know? And she's like, we're just going to have them go one at a time now. And I'm like, yeah, it's probably what you should have been doing anyway. Yeah, it's um, on you. So I just, you know, I didn't say anything. The mm-hmm. whole, you know, I told you about it. I told you what I, what I planned to do, which was right. Um, was like before bedtime, I was going to say, "Hey, I know what happened. Ms. Right. Margaret told me what happened, and you know, you guys are going to go one at a time. You know, just kind of like state yeah. it and not ask like, yeah, you this already tell happened. Me? This, there are already consequences. You know about. It. I just want you to know. I know. Right. Kind of thing. Yeah. Not be like, tell me the truth. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and it's not like I, uh, 
intuitively knew that that's something that I read about a long time ago <laughs> that I've like tucked in my back pocket of like, don't ask kids if they're lying, if you actually know the truth. Right. Um, but instead, what happened was we were eating dinner and we mm-hmm. do the good, bad funnies at the dinner table, courtesy of uh, Elizabeth Lame and Andy Rosen. Yeah. <laughs> um, they passed on this really fun thing to do. We've talked about it before. You go around the table and say what good thing happened, what bad thing happened. Funny. Now we have strange, cute, lots of things. Um and I was like, yeah, any anything bad happened today at school, boo? And he just told us. He did yes. not implicate himself. No. He said he was not one of the boys. He's a passive observer. Yeah, yeah. But that other people got in trouble. Mm-hmm. And then he said he like, misspoke and like kind of caught himself in a lie. And then said one of the, his friends at school said he saw him do it. And that's how he got right it's like oh but he it. was just seeing things that's, that's right what he said but we didn't press it we were like okay well that's not gonna happen again you know kind of like yeah still kind of saying we knew the truth but also just saying okay i believe because you could tell he was going like no yeah i didn't do it i was like okay so yeah. i had to go like okay cool you yeah i believe you yeah i believe you mm-hmm. um it was funny um and he hasn't said anything to me about it since. He's said anything to you about it since? No. Hmm. It's all been dropped. I do wonder if it's something that we need to, that like, if we get haunted this year, if that might help kind of jar it loose, the truth. Okay, yeah. Because I'm constantly seeking the truth. Right. That's the thing too. It's like, Just like who Ed. gives a shit? Like, that's why you shouldn't. Exactly. Who gives a shit? The lesson is learned. The, yeah. The the solution is is in progress. Like, yeah. Hopefully, this won't happen again. We kind of were just like, yeah, that's really unsafe because you could slip and fall, kind of thing. Right. Like you're not right. a bad kid because you did this. Oh, and didn't you? I think you were picking him up from school and said like, you passed one of the uh, like janitors and I was like, yes. oh. Yes. He just cleaned my room or something, and you had him say thank you. Yeah. 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 And it was this really sweet moment where. You yeah. know, I could have drilled down into it and been like, yeah, you know, when kids make big messes in the bathroom. Right. Yeah. It's like <laughs> he can draw the connections himself, but it's like humanize this person who's doing this work. Mm-hmm. So maybe he thinks twice about it next time uh, he's faced with a, a situation like that. Mm-hmm. But we just passed janitorial uh, appreciation day, by the way. Oh, um, so really. shout out to that guy who's new to our school. I should know his name, um, but I. I'll look it up after this. So at least I remember his name to say hi. Um, doing a great job. Yeah. Janitors, janitor, janitorial staff. Do you call them janitors anymore? I don't know. Um, thank fine. you. Yeah. Thank you so much for cleaning up the paper towels in the bathroom that our kids were yeah. naughty with. Um, but anyway, so it was, it was interesting. And I love the, I love what happens in this movie, which is eventually they do talk about it and, she believes her and mm-hmm. um it's like what's weighing on janet even at, through the course of this possession is like when she has a moment alone with her mom she's like i wasn't smoking like, yeah I just... she says this i didn't smoke mom hey that day with camilla at school i was holding the cigarette but i wasn't going to take a puff i swear 
I just want you to look cool in front of her. It was stupid. Oh, love. I'm sorry I didn't believe you. And that's how you repair. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. Yeah. I'm sorry I didn't believe you. Easy. Exactly. Um, but it, it it did also made me think about the there are two incredibly radical things that I in my recent research of like trying to get to trying to optimize uh, parenting over here. Yeah, because we struggled. We didn't say this, but like that first clip where Peggy's struggling with the question of like to punish or not to punish you know like kind of knowing it comes back to you that's something we certainly struggle with all the time because you're trying to make kids stop behavior that you don't approve of but it's hard to do it without these kind of real uh you know unrelated punishments that are you know are the stuff of previous generations that Mm -hmm. we're trying to break that cycle of like, oh, well, uh, you hit your brother. Well, you can't play video games for a week. It's like completely irrational. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, excuse me, like based on what? Like any kid who could voice that would be like, that's crazy. Like, mm-hmm. that's not fair. It's not related to what I even did. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, well, OK, well, what what do you do is like the constant struggle. And that's sort of like the thing that we yeah. I think, you know, uh, in the moment, especially mm-hmm. have a hard time with. And I thought, you know. This one was a nice one where, like, Peggy got to let time do some of the work, mm-hmm. too, you mm-hmm. know, and was still ready to apologize for her part to play Yeah, in it. Anyway. So, yeah, the one of the most radical things that I think is really difficult for our generation of parents is this idea that punishment doesn't work and yes. you shouldn't punish your kids. And people interpret that as like no boundaries, lawlessness. And it's like, no, they're boundaries, firmly held boundaries. Mm-hmm. But you just don't punish your child. And I think like any time I've talked about it with contemporaries, mm-hmm. I do feel like there's this resistance of like, yeah, but sometimes you got to lay down the law. And it's like, no, actually, that's exactly what I'm saying is yeah, that like never do, have to lay down. the Yeah, law. you you do, but you don't punish them you Mm -hmm. take that out of the equation and also i think that a lot of times the gentle parenting way kind of gets twisted into a veiled threat where it's like you can choose you either put down the ipad or i take it away and it's Uh like wait no hold on a second like that's not right like that's still a threat and Mm -hmm. you're still because like my big thing with breaking cycles is like i just don't want my kids to be afraid of me i don't want to le- i don't want to parent with fear mm-hmm. like i don't want that to be how our house works and uh yeah and if I- they break something like if we were in the in another room and they were fighting and knocked the tv over and broke it or something mm-hmm. like i don't want them to fear like me coming out of the room in a rage or something or like, Oh, looks and wait till your mother gets home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just like you want them to talk to you. You want them not to be afraid to tell you things like mm-hmm. that's, that's a huge thing for me. And so, yeah. And it, it's just, it's really interesting. Um, I think it's a really radical thing, but that we all got to understand that like the science shows, the research shows punishing kids doesn't work the way you want it to. It doesn't stop the, um, the behavior that you're trying to stop 
And um, I'll get into the second radical thing another time um, if it comes up on the show. But I feel like the punishment thing is huge. And also to kind of like really stamp it out because it does sneak in. Mm -hmm. It sneaks in of like, I remember there was a situation with Wu and his friend and the friend was making fun of Boo. And I just took Wu aside and like truly the argument of like laid down the law don't trust your intuition of with you know with parenting stuff because i feel like that's a lot of a lot of the time they're like you know what's best you know and it's like no you no because you're (laughs) irrational in those moments you're not regulated you're not regulated so i was so i was so heated i was so feeling boo because of course like i've empathized with him as like a younger sibling and i was like woo if you if you like your friend's not going to listen to me you need to tell him which is true but then i was like and if you don't you're not doing this you know (laughs) where i was like Mm -hmm. oh that just like totally threatened him i threatened him out of nowhere like he's not thinking he's not thinking of his this whole situation the way i'm thinking about Mm -hmm. it you know so i'm like okay you really just got to stamp it out it's really hard because your knee-jerk reaction is probably going to be the way you were brought up you know or right with these these kind of like fear-based tactics. Um, right. And it's complicated because there still are a lot of threads there that we're not even touching on here. But like, yeah, the sort of like, well, then what do you do as, you know, like how do you create a, a I mean, because it is, it's just sort of like a sense of, of then like, well, what's necessary then so that to prevent the situation from happening in the, in the future, it, it always does come back to you feel like you need to, to make them fear the consequence, but that's just not it, right? It's really is just like, you can't in that situation, it can't be like, well, then you can't hang out with this friend anymore or something like that. It's Mm -hmm. just like, you don't even need to explain that like your relationship's going to deteriorate over time because he won't trust you or won't, he's going to just think playing with you means getting made fun of. And you know, it's like, you're, you can't even scratch that. It is just like, you got to talk to him. That's all. You got to tell him he's not going to listen to me. But Help out in, your brother. in general, this well, the 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 research that I was doing, they do tell you like what to do instead of punishment, and I could just run through it really quickly. Do it, please. Do have to re- I know we have to wrap it up, but um, and this is a super condensed version of this, but basically, instead of punishment, you you express your feelings strongly without attacking their character, right? So, mm-hmm. like, let's say he, let's say one of our kids broke your laptop, mm-hmm. you could say. I'm really upset that my laptop is broken right now. I'm very upset. Mm-hmm. Not like, you know, basically taking them out of it. Right. Um, you state your expectations, which is like, I expect you when you're playing with my laptop, I expect you to be careful and not dump juice on it or whatever. Happens, yes. You know, and then you show them how to make amends. So that might be like, you like, I'm not going to let you. Um, play with my laptop and to you could say like um, how to take action on how to make it better which is like look you're not you know we're gonna figure out a way you know we problem solve together Mm -hmm. of like if it was you you would probably say something like from now on I'm gonna keep my laptop up here yeah it's off limits right like I'll make sure it's out of the way yeah and you're but like you're also gonna And let's figure out a way to safely play with electronics or something. This mm-hmm. is like an example, but yeah, yeah, 
because it's like, you know, that's actually how you learn. Right. And you might be like, I want you to help me clean up the pieces. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I want to, you're, you can come with me to the um to the Apple store and we're going to find yeah. out how much this is going to cost. And right. You know, because then they can see some real world consequences to it. It's mm-hmm. not like you're not dragging it out or, or, right. blame, or continue to blame them. It's just like, yeah, this is going to cost eight hundred dollars to fix mm-hmm. you know whatever is mm-hmm. good for them to hear those numbers especially at like ages when they yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense so we're learning we're trying we're always trying yeah it's true and the warrens help us and the hodgson's help us um and i think we gotta rate this we gotta movie. rate this movie let's okay. do it okay so josh how many donated crucifixes do Ooh. you give the Conjuring 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> um, out of how many? Oh, um, 12 for the stations. Oh, yes, of course. Um, I'll give it, I'm going to give it eight donated crucifixes out of 12. Um, it as a propaganda piece was really uh, fun for, for me. Like I do love that um, Ed's superpower where Lorraine is obviously like this intense like medium who's connected to this whole world and is super empathic and everything else. His thing is like tough love to demons. Come on, Bill, you're not a psychiatrist and I'm not here to talk about my father. Let's get down to business. What do you say? Okay. Uh, like all of a sudden he's like a steel worker um, <laughs> just for that scene. Um, but I do love that all the hauntings are corroborated in the movie. I thought that was a fun twist thing we kind of touched on earlier. Um, I liked all the jump scares and I think, and it is, it's, it's creepy and the, the cast is great. And I actually appreciated the move to London. I yeah. thought it was wise to not just do another house in New England yeah. um, or upstate New York. And uh, that's it. So I give it eight out of 12. Excellent. How many do you give it? I'm going to say nine. Mm. I think I, I was going to say 10, but now that I don't know. I'll say nine and a half. I'm going to go nine and a half because it was, yeah, it was solid. And I, it kept surprising me. I really liked, especially after the fact, like seeing how, what the detail they, they paid to the original story. That was really kind of put it over the top for me. And um, I also saw some B-roll footage of them doing the scene where she's um, on the ceiling and how they built the whole set upside down. I love that stuff. Yeah. 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 Some Um, practical stuff. That's great. We love that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I also feel like they're good costumable characters. Always love that. Mm-hmm. And I just, yeah. I do love this Conjuring world. And I it also made me excited to watch the Nun movies. Yeah. Yeah, because I heard the Nun 2 that just came out is pretty good. Uh, yeah, I agreed on on all that. It was very, it was fun and yeah. um, and a throwback too, I yeah. think. But like we were saying, it, it just, where it does manage to kind of be its own thing too it's not just trying to rehash the 70s yeah um a how what about the kids in this movie um how many blue hawaii lps (laughs) for a dose of american culture do you give them out of 10 10 out of 10 oh yeah i especially janet she's so great she's just um yeah what a great um, portrayal of the actual Janet um, down to the buck teeth. And wow. Uh, 
I thought the other little kid, there was like one child, I feel like Johnny or something. Like you only see us like one scene, but he's great in that. Like, <laughs> and then Billy's a little lit, yeah. um, stutter. Very, yeah. very good. And I love the older sister too. She's really believable. Yeah. No, they are. That was a great, I thought yeah. they were great for it. Really kind of as little as they're in this movie, strangely. But yeah, I Judy, think... Judy has one scene, the Warren kid. That's Judy right. Warren has... <laughs> Legend. Um, How about you? Uh, yeah, I'll follow that. That's 10 out of 10. They did yeah. great. They did the best of what they could. And I thought it was all really well done. You really feel for these kids. Even listening to these clips that we played in this episode made me feel for them. One thing I want to say before we go is we had been running a contest about creepy kid art on our social media. Uh, we are going to run it through Halloween to give you all as many opportunities as you can to try to get them all right. Because so far, nobody has been able to get them all correct. By Halloween, whoever has however many of you have the most correct answers will get a mummy and daddy prize pack mailed to you um there is only one rule that i don't know if we announced it last episode related to this um and that is don't be a creep get in touch you can email us at mummyxdaddy at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at mummyxdaddypod. You can visit us on the internet for show notes and more at mummyxdaddy.com. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And hey, tell a friend. Our theme music is by Kyle Andrews. Our logo was designed by Dara Weinberg. Maggie Spaulding is a very empathetic laundry buddy. Bye. I've lived a landless fool. I've traveled each and every boy who you more. What's more than is. The key to it.